0: Welcome back, everybody, to the FML Way Too Real podcast, episode 14. We're coming to you live on Twitch.tv slash FML Gaming I am your host, FML Debbie, joined by...
1: FML Grimmy. FML Rennie.
0: And you can find our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor fm just search up fml gaming and there we are you can also follow us on our social media at fml underscore real on twitter or if you want more content find us on youtube fml gaming um today we have a pretty good podcast for you folks after two weeks being off uh i think we uh have a lot to talk about but before we get into the meat of that, let's talk about our days, gentlemen. Oh God. What, are you, what are you leaning
2: into? I'm really hearing like the the Joe, but you're also like putting your own twist on it. Like, what what's the goal?
3: I I honestly I, I don't know. I'm like doing like a a a little late night host vibe, like late night radio vibes. It's it's definitely this background that's giving me that vibe, where it's like you're driving at night. You know, and they're they're like playing the slow jams. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Fake ass Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Thank you for the sun, shit. Oh, shit, gifted a sub to who? To Kayla.
3: Thank you so much, but yeah, we just gonna do our check ins as usual. Let's see what's going on with you Phyllis. I'm going first.
2: I'll um, go first. Just I'll, <laughs> I'll make mine quick. I'm I'm trying not to. Rant. <laughs> Just talk about uh first my week was pretty cool um taking back or uh, cutting back on some of my hours uh so i can get back to just like staying up late i mean just, i go to bed at like 10 30 every night and it kind of just sucks but now i kind of just get to loosen up a little bit um this week going to be starting back my grim j- or grandma like j- gym grind <laughs> um haven't been in like i think a month so Know, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to get some time to uh, kind of like full send it again. So just kind of ready to get back into the routine of things. I kind of let some things slip through the cracks because of work. But now that that's kind of flowing down a bit, I can kind of get back into kind of just some me time. So
3: just looking forward to that.
0: Nice, nice.
3: For sure, for sure. You want me to go next round? You want to say the best um, for last
0: or what? No,
1: nah, I feel like your day was probably more eventful than mine. So I'll just go. Okay. Um, Alright, so a nigga woke up um, <laughs> but I'm, I feel like I'm like a light and heavy sleeper at the same time Like, every time I wake up on the weekends It's after Brooke has left the room or, So I wake up and see Brooke's like, foot leave the door Like a wisp of her hair leave the door And I'm like, what the fuck was Brooke in here? What's going on? And then I'm like, a shout across the room And I don't know, it just we just vibe out from there. But um, yeah, I played some Apex, got to gold, mm. hit the gym and me and Brooke, uh, we uh, kind of got the hankering to do a 5K. So we're planning on doing that um, and training up for a 5K in about a month. So that's going to be fun. For but, real? You know, came home. Woke the neighbors up, and then yeah, we're
0: here. For so, sure. Yeah, all for in sure. all, day
1: was pretty good.
3: For sure. Okay. Um, today woke up. Blessed. Blessed. <laughs> Bless. that, that's all. I'm. That's all I'm gonna say. Um. Yeah. Woke up, and then went to the gym. I did leg day today, so I've been gradually trying to get back into pushing myself more on my gym routines like i have been easing myself in where like I won't do uh, my sets to exhaustion I'll just do my the sets that I have Um, I won't add more weight I'm just trying to get back into that feeling of like needing to push myself further for the next weight Um, so I did leg day today I felt really good about today's leg day Um, did four plates on the um leg press which is nothing new to me because i think i can do i think i can do six um i think i can do six plates and that's me going i think three reps uh <laughs> aj <laughs> nothing new uh yeah it's really nothing new um yeah so after that i came back uh then as soon as i stepped through the door Burke had texted me with like trying to play apex and i was like all right, all right fine. So we played a couple games um and after that went to go pick up my roommate uh from the airport and then I had some really good jerk chicken today. Um I went to this little spot in Dallas um and they had some really good jerk chicken. So when y'all pull through we going to go there. Um other than that uh chill day I'm doing laundry right now. Um and yeah, I, I can't, I can't ask for anything more, you know. So
1: let me, uh, let me ask you about this gym, mm-hmm. gym stuff. So you said yeah, you, you said how many plates? I did four. Four plates on the on the leg press, right?
3: Yeah, leg press.
1: Like so, like two on each side or four on each side?
3: Four on each side.
1: Four on each side. That's pretty crazy. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. I was just, I was-
3: yeah, four four
1: regular? Like what do you that's your regular like load?
3: Nah, that's like what I would say is like closer to my max. Like that's when like I'm actually starting to feel it. Like I'm like yeah, a... getting to struggle territory. Like if I can that's do Yeah, if I can do because um... I can do I think six uh six reps on that. Six reps for four yeah. plates. I can do that and that doesn't Yeah But if I really wanted to If I really wanted to um, Like get to a new height I would put on five plates and I considered it In that moment but I was like nah I don't want to make my legs even more sore The next day Because I would have not been able to walk But You know went in and did the work You know that that's just That's just an everyday thing for us You know
1: Yeah, you know
3: know how it is. You know how it is. I mean, Uh, yeah, what you
1: mean?
3: Yeah, Yeah, when I walk in the room, I almost cause fires because my thighs be rubbing together and be like,
1: (laughs) nah, Fabes' Fabe's leg definition has definitely gotten better um, since, like, you know, he's been on his gym grind.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I see a little definition in there every once in a while. The calf's looking good together. Bro's yeah. scratching his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and never die. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
3: never die. never die. You gotta you gotta see those speedwalkers. Those speedwalkers for sure need some baby powder in between their thighs. Like they will be oh my god, rubbing their stuff together. It 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 actually is amazing that they have like Olympic speed walking, but hey, Grimby
2: focuses squad I don't even know what I'm looking at.
3: <laughs> My I feel I feel bad for uh, Miles because he was playing some Apex and then this nigga was roasting the fuck out of Miles. He was like,
2: Bruh, was shit even, for no reason." Anything, man.
3: I yeah, honestly, I I don't. I don't side with this man, but like, that was just unnecessary, like, yeah, I'm, shade. Very,
2: like, I, I, I'm, I'm sensitive, man. Like, you know, we were playing Apex and I saw him. He had TTV in his name. So I thought, okay, you know, let me check him out. And he was live. And this nigga was like, man, this is your mad loss. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't take point. I just listen for direction. Like, I bad, But, you know, I, you know, hate, hate, hate the player in the game, I guess. Yeah. If you're if you're playing recon, they're gonna they're gonna
1: cuss you out if you're not taking point.
3: Yeah. And I mean hater, yeah, I mean this, this season of Apex for us personally has been a lot better than last season. Since since they have dropped like the major rank changes, things have been a lot better for us in terms of adjusting because yeah. I did terrible last season. Last season barely got to gold. Um and I struggled through that it was rough but you know what
1: it it really does feel like um the devs be listening to the pod low key cuz this Maybe is like the in. second time this is the second time that we've like had like an in-depth discussion about apex and then the very next patch that comes through they implement everything that we're talking about listen i'm not overhyping i'm not trying to overhype the fml podcast or anything but Listen, the proof is in the pudding.
3: Y'all, y'all go back and listen to the last podcast. Guess what? They did exactly what we said. Yeah, it's just correlation.
2: Th- like we can't, we didn't cause nothing, but the butterfly effect.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah,
2: maybe,
1: maybe we're just saying what the masses are thinking. Like I don't know, because we said, what did we say first? We said they need to take deep ranking out, and then guess what? They did immediately afterwards. They took that shit out. They said yes, FMO. Yes sir, yes sir.
3: <laughs> yes sir. The
2: thing they need to fix right now is the loot. The loot is so bad. I, I oh. find the guns that I want, but nothing else.
3: No attachments, no nothing. nothing
2: I Crazy always find bad. the two guns. I'm like, yeah, I'm stacked, but like I got no sights. I don't got no like I got nothing, no shields, no hmm. ammo. I'm like, what the fuck is going on?
1: There's no health equipment either, bro. Like Yeah I'll just be cowering in the corner, no shields, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's that's another thing too. Yeah, the, the loot disparity is real. I, I don't know if they're like I don't know if they apply the same algorithm for loot across all maps or if they have a different algorithm that they're using to place the loot at. Because it just feels like there's too like few spots to find good loot at. Uh like I feel like um Olympus tends to be pretty nice in terms of oh i'm gonna go to this spot next because i'm gonna find exactly what i need like you're kind of jumping from spot to spot easily to get more loot but man um it just yeah that's that's one that's one of my biggest complaints if they can fix it apex devs you you in the chat we hear you in the chat <laughs> fix that shit yeah
1: what is, like here's what i've noticed um fucking every map has third parties it's literally just a part of being a br but kings canyon third parties are have got to be the most punishing part of this season like the map is entirely too small you can drop from anywhere in the um you can drop from anywhere on the map and get to the other side Mm -hmm. on the plane or when you're diving in it's like it's kind of crazy. I feel like they need to go and like completely rework that map and expand it a little bit because we we can't go from like Storm Point being a giant map mm-hmm. to Kings Canyon. Like the other two, like it's nothing really. Like those are nice, but yeah, it's, it's just it's too much.
3: Even even them cutting off so many rotations because I think Kings Canyon had the issue that there were way too many rotations. Um, And in between those spots were choke points. So teams would get caught fighting in between those choke points. Um, And it was just a bad experience. Um, And I'm glad that they listened halfway in like cutting off a lot of those places so that, you know, not so many third parties would happen in those choke points. But now third parties are just happening like out in broad daylight, like just outside everywhere. And even fourth parties like i don't know what the fuck happened one time but we were we were i think it was with you me and brooke right Ren? we we came up on the team we're like we're gonna fight this team and then all of a sudden it was a third party and then all of a sudden it became a fourth party and we were just like what the hell is going on like there's way too many teams and there's just this one area yeah it was just overwhelming um,
1: We've seen it happen like where it would go from like twelve squads to five in just a matter of seconds.
3: That was crazy. Yeah, moving around that map feels like you're moving around like a one one bedroom studio apartment trying to have a br <laughs> like like you're close too close quarters, too many too many teams trying to fight it out. Um, but hopefully they listen, the Apex devs. Thank you, AJ, for the redemption for for that. The Apex devs definitely got to listen to us. But what what else do we think about this season besides, like, our complaints? What what is the good things that we got to say?
2: Well, they did make some adjustments to the circle. So the circle isn't as, like, punishing when it comes to damage, but it's fast. So they needs to push you in. And it's the same thing that we talked about, where they're going to prioritize punishing the circle, which they did in return we do have a lot more teams in smaller circles. So if you either need to kind of try to get some fights early, or if you try to wait until the next second or third circle, you're gonna be fucked up with third and fourth partying, especially with the map this size. So, you know, hopefully like this should be an incentive to try to start like some early fights while you still have some mobility. But if you're kind of just waiting around, once that circle closes, cause it comes fast, You will have like, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 teams in a smaller circle. So yeah, you're going to end up with those fourth parties. This map maybe wasn't the best map (laughs) for them to try out the master circle. Yeah. But I mean, again, like we'll see. I think we're going to have to go through the second map to really see like how um, the changes, how the changes are going to be implemented or like how it's going to look this map a little small for us to be making like so many changes with the lack of loot and the fast circle but hopefully to make some adjustments going into the next map rotation and see how that
3: works yeah Ren you got any thoughts
1: you know I just feel like um, everything that's good about this season has been outside of the game like the, the five of us when we all play we're kind of locked in for the most part I mean aside from being fucking jumping off the map. For the most part, like, I just feel us, like, interchangeably growing in the game and getting better. I think we're going to make it to plat, guys. Like, I think you've seen us struggling through silver, struggling through gold. You're going to see us struggling in plat this season. Mark my words. But so far, I fuck with it. I don't fuck with Kings Canyon, and I feel like they need to get, like, do a massive map rework, but other than that, it's been good.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, other than... Other than that, I mean... Yeah, there's a, there's not that much good. They tried to improve the rank um, issues with, like, KP being so low at certain points um, because literally... You would be in a silver lobby and still trying to work up like your k p but no return on any of your kills, any eliminations so they try to adjust that and fine tune it to be a little bit more nicer um I do notice the difference because now i'm I'm able to actually do a lot more once it gets to like top ten and with, like, some KP. Um, but I think it's still it's still pretty aggressive. And I can't imagine how it is in um, those uh, platinum lobbies with those people. Yeah. yeah. I imagine those lobbies are a, a lot more uh, rougher. Because those fights must be happening a lot more frequently. Just so that they can get the KP off. But, um
2: definitely steps in the right direction i would say the game's yeah. not perfect There still needs to um have like constant feedback and adjustments that's why like i've gotten support of the the no apex august because from mm. what we've been saying they clearly listen to the community so uni you know, just needs to play and just let them know like hey y'all did good on this part the ring not gonna work the map not gonna work and honestly there's a good chance that by the next time we see this map in rotation there might be some adjustments to it. I would say maybe before the next um ranked rotation, they can probably work on it. So again, um I think it's just important for us to support the devs the best way we can by just playing the game and being honest. Yeah, that no apex August shit was such a bust.
3: It
0: it just it it
3: just wasn't gonna work anytime uh gamers try to boycott something it usually doesn't work because guess what there are people who don't follow the game that much and they are the casual people of the of the gaming community uh, of that crowd that plays the game and they don't care they just come home turn on their ps4 or ps5 and just play Bruh, like, they're,
1: they're boycotting the wrong ea game you can't boycott apex when 2k sitting right over there like <laughs> um, that game has been shit no, dude, since 2016, 2016 bro <laughs> like,
3: yeah two- <laughs> yeah we we've definitely wanted more things for 2k like i don't understand how the community can't be unified on trying to get that changed and then they're like mad at apex when those depths are pretty active in terms of looking at the data and and, like, giving reason for changes. Like, hey, we want to change this because we think, like, this doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Like, taking out the res- the Red Shields. Honestly, I'm for it. Because I'm not thinking about that shit any anymore in the back of my head. Like, I'm not thinking, if I run into this team, can we finish them? You know? Like, does any one of them have a Red Shield? You know, all three of them niggas could have Red Shields. And we'd be fucking running around trying to find all three of them to kill them. So... Especially it's, a third party
1: city? Fuck no.
3: Yeah, exactly. Not. Nah, yeah. That that's just that's just too much to think about while you're playing Apex. Um in that fast paced uh kind of setting. So but, I got a question for you guys.
0: Yeah. Um Go
1: ahead. I saw Itachi jump up in the air, um, do a kamehameha, it hit the hit the woe. And then Slingshot away in Fortnite. How how do we feel about Dragon Ball Z being in
3: Fortnite? Uh, and another BR. That's an interesting dichotomy. You know? Like Apex is so serious. It's very grounded. The sure. Fortnite over here. Fortnite over here having Travis Scott concerts. Um adding Naruto. LeBron James, Ariana Grande, and now we got DBZ. It's just, it's just too much.
2: Here is the main question that's going to answer this. What is the main demographic of Fortnite? There's, there's a much younger fan base as a whole compared to like Apex. How many, like, how many people under the age of 10 are playing Fortnite compared to playing Apex? It's a good question. That is a good question. So you're looking at a lot more aesthetic stuff being prioritized in in Fortnite, there's no 10 year old asking their parents for money so they can buy heirlooms and shit for Apex. That's not happening. They're mm-hmm. asking their parents to spend money on Fortnite skins and they're, they, they're introducing all the anime stuff because it's, it's selling to the crowd. Look, look at the anime um, integration in Fortnite compared to Apex, extremely different the the apex one it's very subtle very little you know and if you know you know and if you don't you don't but everybody that's all the anime characters in apex everybody pretty much knows them it's the main four in dragon ball z you don't have to watch dragon ball Z to know who they are in um naruto you don't need to watch naruto to know who they are so it's really like easily digestible i don't support it but i understand the business aspect of it like it, it just pissed me off to see Itachi go through some shit. Watched as Many redeem his entire character from a backstory
1: that wasn't even from him.
3: Just seeing LeBron James do a Kamehameha and then do the woe is just—it's
1: crazy.
2: Why is
3: crazy. LeBron and
2: Asuke in the same platform? That's they... what I don't understand. Yeah, Goku and Travis Scott hitting the fusion dance—that's or... <laughs> <laughs> just fucked. But but who's fucking with that though? Like. You know, a lot of the younger the kids. People. Yeah. So it, it's tailoring towards the demographic. They're just putting shit that that little kids are going to eat up. So AJ, I get it. You fuck
1: with that, AJ. I know AJ beyond beyond Fortnite religiously AJ be going dumb on mm. Fortnite. Had to redownload download the app for this. Nah, bless, on, bless, bless. I appreciate you being here. Vision, bless. Yeah, thank you V's, for the sub and the kind words from Queen P. Yeah, bless all you guys. We, we definitely appreciate everyone that pulls up and supports us
3: nah the the thing with i think that kind of irks me but also it doesn't is how mainstream anime is becoming like niggas used to get bullied uh when i was in school probably even still before that for liking anime and stuff and i remember when we were in uh (laughs) our summer program, me and Ren used to read manga and stuff, and every time I opened the manga pages, bruh, titties everywhere, like titties right there, titties right there, and every, like, it's just ads that you can't, you can't do nothing about, and, you know, you're trying to read... It wasn't where it is today.
0: You couldn't read it without someone looking over your shoulder and being like, hey, bro, what you, what you doing, bruh? What's up with all the titties? It's like,
3: damn it but you know today now it's just normalized everybody knows about anime oh it's so quirky it's so cool to like anime now and i'm i'm just kind of hurt because where was this energy when i was younger you know like i would have been i mean i'm still a closet anime fan you know i'm still pretty subtle about it but like i wouldn't i wouldn't be as like scared to tell a person like yeah i'll fuck with anime yeah
1: you say you say I like anime and they'll they'll think you're those niggas with the black Air Force's running full sprint to the lunch line like
0: yeah and
1: the anime niggas got a really bad rap mm-hmm. and I feel like it's people like fucking RDC and Caleb City like those niggas really like put anime like it's cool to fuck with anime and not be a fucking weirdo about it
0: mm-hmm. exactly.
1: I was definitely like a closeted anime fan cuz I was never you you would you could torture me and I would never tell you I'd fuck with anime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I remember seeing Fade geeking out at the computer at Westchester and I'm like, what you reading over there, bro? And he said,
0: new chapter of Bleach. <laughs> nah, there was that one girl who was like, what you doing on the computer? I, <laughs> I was like, I'm reading manga.
3: She was like, what? And then I was like, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> bingo. <laughs> but man yeah i just i don't know what you think Miles. like how you feel about this going mainstream do you think we we deserve reparations we deserve the respect because
2: (laughs) the og anime people really had they were like walking on their knees in the sahara desert so all these other niggas can run it just it just wasn't fair but like when you look at it like if you were watching anime before you were invested in it like look at naruto naruto ran for Fifteen years. Like Naruto was an investment. Dragon Ball Z's been out since nineteen eighty-six and it's still they're just they're making dropping a movie now. Still making content. And now when you look at Demon Slayer, it came out what 2020, 2021? And it's already done. So it's a lot more digestible. It's easier to get into. So now everybody's like, oh, anime isn't really that bad because they don't have to invest. Yeah, the barrier to entry to anime is a lot lower.
1: Grim. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, five r mics are really low. Sorok says.
2: Okay. I'll try. What, what's up, Sorok?
1: How's it going, man? But uh, yeah, like the anime that we're getting today, I feel like the more people that watch anime, the more we can actually hold anime production accountable um because we would we would be tolerating some shit ass pacing some shit ass manga like just shit and the only one that like is still on the old anime vibes when it comes to like the pacing and all this other shit is one piece but they've been grandfathered in from the past 20 years Mm -hmm. of having shit pacing so now niggas just expect it but we get shit like um fire force where we got like two seasons worth of plot and so many arcs that just ran that we ran through in just 24 episodes and then they did it again immediately like two weeks later with the second season Mm -hmm. and so like we're getting super super fast pacing like demon slayer fucking jujitsu kaisen all the anime they're breezing through like we're about to we're about to get to some shit in season two of uh of jujitsu kaisen but the pacing is crazy but you have like fucking naruto fucking bleach 300 episodes of running through waco mundo that shit's crazy
2: yeah first of all with bleach was crazy because i skipped the filler i skipped all the filler and i remember there was one like filler arc that was like 50 something episodes and when i saw that i was like that was a bad year for bleach like if you were watching bleach week for week as it was coming out the entire year was was filler meant nothing that sucks. Like, that just sucks. Like there was Naruto who had filler in between like some major arcs, but that was in order for it to keep up with the manga. You know, that was more like strategic. But then you look at like Demon Slayer, zero filler. Jujutsu Kaisen, zero filler. Every episode is plot. And if there's no action that's happening that episode, they're building on the, on the world. So something significant happens every episode. You can't afford to miss a single episode. But another thing I really think we should look at is, like, the surrounding media. Remember two, two years ago, I was doing my summer camp or a year ago. Um, one of the girls in my group knew everything about, um, about Demon Slayer. And I'm like, oh, you fuck with Demon Slayer? She's like, no, I haven't even seen it. <laughs> but she knew everything from TikTok. She knew every main character. She knew all of the, all of the personalities, all the, the villains. And I'm like, so you know about anime but you don't watch anime so it was weird so again like there's the barrier to entry but there's also surrounding media that makes it even more consumable i would say yeah it's very much mainstream but i
1: mean okay since we're on the topic of like these anime verses and everything i'm starting Mm -hmm. to get the feeling that naruto has to be like the weakest main character out of all the like the big anime that's out now like if we're talking even in the big three luffy spoilers he's beating naruto from like what we've seen in wano he's he's got to be beating naruto bleach ichigo is so multiversally strong like this nigga they have to nerf him every single chance they get because this nigga's riatsu it it affects like Waco mundo it affects all across each and every fucking um, like dimension, I guess, and so that that fucking substitute Soul Reaper badge is literally just nerfing him the entire time. Like Naruto, I mean, that nigga cut a mountain, but like these niggas are blasting holes in d- different he dimensions.
2: He did it. Once. Yeah, he
1: cut a mountain once.
2: <laughs> like that was it. Like when we look at a lot of new anime, we're seeing characters affect the world around them naruto wasn't really doing anything like that you know everything was very much like condensed a fight in naruto pretty much stayed within like a certain like like a certain radius you know i, don't, I can't really do like the conversions but if we talk about like let's say 10 meters like that's it But we look at like jujitsu Kaisen. you have people like gojo and i don't do any spoilers but like he affects a lot more than just where he's standing Like, just as a whole, the the people who have these powers are, like, people are scared. People are, like, going, like, Naruto wasn't really doing anything. There was goons, yeah. But that was really just, like, early series Naruto. Once you introduced the Akatsuki, goons weren't really doing shit like that. Everything was just big moves made made by, like, big people. But even even that, it wasn't crazy. Yeah,
1: like, late game Naruto isn't stopping niggas from working in the shadows
2: mm-hmm. or
1: like making moves uh, against uh, other institutions or other villages and shit. This nigga Gojo simply being alive made niggas go underground. Like <laughs> that's that shit is complete different levels of power compared to Naruto. Yeah, like, I mean, go, go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say yeah, something that uh Vision had said in the chat. He said that, um, you know, short form of media makes anything more digestible. And I think that's true in terms of, like, anime as well. Because, like we were saying, the old anime's pacing, complete garbage, you know? And now, new forms of anime, they're just going through arcs like crazy within 24 episodes. Yeah. Um,
2: it's arc after arc.
3: I don't... I think, in some ways... It, it is good um, that we are compressing the the storytelling into more digestible seasons uh, rather than letting it go on and then having filler arcs and then having more unnecessary like information just be spewed out. I, I think that makes sense. Um, but I wonder if we'll see an uh, anime that's literally like eight episodes. Or even like just five episodes where it's just like, yep, that's the whole entire series right there, or that's the story of season one, here's season two, five episodes, yeah. you know. And, um, I don't know if I would want that to be what anime becomes because then it'll become maybe too, uh, like not enough substance in it, you know, just like. It's like- Sounds like really Capri Sun shit. Yeah, really Capri Sun stuff. Um I I was watching a whole entire like uh documentary about how um the creators of anime, like uh and the manga artists kind of like purposely um make anime to be this very you know fictitious and um more interesting world of like japanese culture and like things of japan and i wonder how much they how much they can draw that out you know in terms of like getting more people to be interested especially casual watchers too because they're just like oh shit this is anime and stuff like for show, sure. like let's see how far this can go until like Things get repetitive like the sao concept that sao concept got really burnt out quick but how far how, you know how long are we gonna go until we get to the point where it's like damn this is shonen another trope character who has goals and this this and that you know it, it's you know, it's fun but how far are we gonna go until that that capri just that flavor is just too taste the same you know i'm trying to taste something else
1: i feel like um with we're we're seeing a lot more variety with the shonen while also like getting the same basic formula Mm. um like naruto naruto is probably like the most quintessential shonen anime you could possibly get without like having dummy tournament arcs but we get like my hero
0: where
1: Mm. um where naruto did well only really expanding on naruto and sasuke my Hero does a really good job of expanding the character, like the character progression of every single character that they introduce.
2: It's and a big cast. cast. It's a yeah, like
1: cast. They, they take a lot of time with everyone's personal development. Um, and if you're talking about like whose character is more fleshed out, Midoriya, Bakugo, Kirishima, like all these characters are more fleshed out than what we got in Naruto for the most oh, yeah. part for sure um even like anime that doesn't really do it like the best they still do a pretty good job like i don't watch the anime for black clover um and i remember and i only read it i used to hate read this shit every week but the last two arts that they have and the art that they're going into right now which is supposed to be like the final arc um it's pretty good like uh, the character development the where like i kind of temper my expectations where when it comes to like oh how are they going to build this world or how they're going to do certain things but as far as like choreographing fights um fleshing out like all the characters that interact with asta i feel like they do a lot better job than what we had in the previous generation of anime um so yeah i i like the way that the direction that we're going with shonen i feel like there's a lot more nuance
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to comment on what Faye was saying earlier about seeing anime, like starting to do like, you know, five episodes long and that's it, and then like next season's only a few episodes. One, we well with that, it's just another avenue that um, creators can take as far as being anime, because we've seen it before on Hana Your Life April, you know, they're, they're, they're quick and they're dense, you yeah. know, they, they pack a really heavy punch for it to be very short. So what's a different form of storytelling? You see, like, 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 again, like, you see anime that goes to, like, 300 episodes or over a 1,000 chapters. And then you see, um like, Demon Slayer, which I would say is, like, relatively short, you know, but still a really good story. So there's different avenues that we can take. I don't think one will ever dominate the other. I just think that it just gives more freedom to see um what creators want to do as far as how they want to pace their stories. Um, But then the other thing I wanted to talk or to mention was... Another aspect that when it comes to anime being digestible, I think the world building, look at Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer, very linear. If you look at the complexity of the story, it's not complex at all. You have a kid who who's introduced to one problem on episode one, and he tackles that problem straight line through the entire series. So when you, and when you make content around it, it's really easy to keep up with it. You can watch a, you can watch a TikTok channel that talks mm-hmm. about like um episode reviews quick you can't do that with jujutsu kaisen cuz jujutsu kaisen is too dense even though it's fast paced they spend a lot of time diving into the complexity of the world that they live in so you can't really make fast media with that content because people spend hours there's like a 3 hour video talking about the next arc after the uh, the anime after season 1 yeah. of the anime yeah, yeah people spend hours like it's it's multiple videos that are over an hour long going over just a single arc or just a single character analysis. You don't really have to do that with with Demon Slayer. The most you can do is a character background.
3: That's about and it. And I think I think that's a I think that's a powerful thing about how um anime anime fans can really distinguish themselves because we can easily be like like you were doing the other day uh miles you're uh looking at someone's anime tastes and you're like ah i already know exactly what type of person this is they're very casual you know and yeah. that's true if you look at someone's likes list you're like this person is probably not going to be into a deeper conceptually anime like Jujutsu kaisen or even like you know going even crazier like even galleon like i haven't even seen that shit but i don't want to like that shit seems like it's just too conceptually much for me right now like i don't want to go that deep um and you're right like those types of people who are very deep fans they'll be watching like they'll be watching like the videos the three hour long video reviews of like explained videos or even the chapter review versus right? like like what
0: we do for one piece, like we'll be watching the chapter reviews and be like, yeah, mm, yeah, that that's good right there. So it's I like think this ties into this theory because this, this, and this and
3: yeah. this and this is just like. Yeah, I think I think what really departs that that level is where is the community at to discuss that those topics about the the, the actual story and the content. There's not much to discuss with Demon Slayer because there isn't much more um, to investigate. Like there isn't something to speculate. Um, it is over. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sure. It is done. <laughs> um, the fucking the world is very
1: closed. Like it, you can talk about like different facets of anime worlds, like One Piece, because that shit is so massive. It's like an open world game compared to like a linear story-based game. Yeah. And that's what
3: Demon Slayer is. Very linear, very easy. And I'm all for the digestible stuff, but I think I think there is something to be said. Like there are animes that I just know for sure people are people who are casually into anime aren't going to get into unless they seriously want to like be in in that like train of like thought of like shit like what the fuck is gonna happen next? You know trying to speculate everything um and and it's 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 something not to say like that's that's like um discouragement you know if you are getting just into anime and you're like oh i like these things like for sure like explore like all of what you you know all of what anime has to offer because it offers a lot offers crazy amounts of story different genres there's not just shonen shonen is the most popular that's what everybody watches you know i was into a i was into a slice of life time when like i was just watching funny shit that was happening in people's lives like you know regular everyday shit you know and that that was my that was my type of yeah the slice of life you know so to those out there who were like i don't know if i'm ready to get into some bigger you know genres don't Go go for something else. Like honestly, shonen is overplayed. As hyped as it is, it's overplayed. Get into different genres. There are so many different genres out there. Those artists also deserve some attention too. Shout out those artists who don't make shonen, you know, and make actual pretty uh, interesting stories. Um, Like we had pre, we had pre the thing with the the artist one who who was like an artist and trying to navigate his life of art. And then we preed the thing with uh, what else? What, what what was that other other one we had preed? I forgot. There was there Spy was a, X Spy X Family is a is a slice of life. I would say not not a true shonen, but yeah, slice of life. Like we pre a lot of anime on a, on our on our uh, channel, um, and not all of them are shonen. So yeah. that shows you to you know to go out there, explore those different contents of anime because they're they're all really interesting um my first
2: non-action anime was uh was death note and it was Mm. crazy and i I watched it relatively recently like
3: psychological
2: thriller yeah it was weird to see like that that constant game of chess because it kept Mm. me on my toes i wasn't waiting for a fight i was like damn what's their next move you know like this shit is crazy like he's reading them like a fucking book like It it was just really interesting to see, and it was a big. It was it deviated very much compared to like what I would normally watch, like Naruto, Dragon Ball. So to watch, like to to look at, um, Death Note. I was like, damn, this shit is crazy. It's a different kind of good, but it's still very much good. So it's just like every other show, like that you would watch. There's a bunch of different categories, a bunch of different themes, stories Mm -hmm. to tell. So like, just kind of figure out what what you're uh, what you're interested in. And what I specifically like about anime is because it's like, it's like, it's Japanese. There's a lot more like mythologies, uh, cultural influence and like ways to tell stories compared to just like regular American media. So it really makes you think about some shit. Like I, I I did a paper in college about Naruto because it was based off of like Indra Dashra and like real characters and their mythology. So there's always, there's always something pretty good to like take away from it. If you're looking for something like that, yeah. Um,
1: do you guys have like a an entry level non shonen anime or manga to recommend for everyone? Anyone that's you know trying to get into something
2: that's a non shonen? I would, <laughs> I would say you're lying, April. Oh, yeah, because so I just want to, I just want to show them like it's dense. Like this, this shit is not just for like kids. Like, is go hits you in the chest, and just so they can see the potential. That anime has to offer because he's like, oh, it's a cartoon. What a big deal? You know, it's not. It's not that.
3: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of an anime right now that isn't. I'm trying to think. I was about to go on Netflix to say like, okay, this is on Netflix. Like, y'all can definitely watch this because it's on Netflix. Um, damn, that's not Shonen. That shit is making me think right now. I'm, I'm you, can, just... you can
1: do like Sane and other shit too. Like... Ike Bukuro?
2: Ike Bukuro? Westgate Park?
3: What that? Let me see. Uh, maybe like one of the sports animes. Like Haikyuu or even um, Kurokono Basket. Um, Like those ones are really really good. Um yeah, I can't I'm like blanking out on a like I've watched a lot of anime and stuff. Uh ranking of yeah, Keys was good. That was that was yeah. really good. Don't forget
2: Shonen is really like targeted toward the demographic. So there's a lot of things that are like considered shonen that may not be like what we typically think of as shonen, like action mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. again, there's a lot of categories for you to go yeah. through.
3: I mean, speaking of, uh, so many categories and characters, you know, game that I very much like to hate on is, uh, come up again and, uh, I just like to air out my thoughts on this game called multiverses, you know, look, personally personally for me person
1: mm-hmm.
3: i gave it i gave it a couple tries i gave I, I think i played on my steam right now let me check my let me check the time
0: how many hours that you i got in the game
3: I, let me check how many hours i got in the game i got 3.1 hours in the game 3.1 hours that's that's more than a couple games okay more Three than a couple hours. games <laughs> 3 hours that's more than a couple that's more than a couple games
1: that's like a day like one okay what we you saying yeah
3: anyway look 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 if you haven't heard multiverses it's a game released by uh wb studios um where they basically throw a bunch of uh, familiar faces from cartoons um different tv shows all in one game so they got lebron james with Arya stark uh they got uh bugs bunny with uh Um, Who else? uh, Jake and Finn from uh, Adventure Time. You know, like, just a bunch of familiar faces in one game. It's a little brawler. It's like Smash. Um, And it's free to play. Completely free to play. You can download it right now off of Steam, off of whatever console you have. Uh, It's cross-play, so you can play with all your friends, your grandma, your auntie. They paying you, bro? No. Matter of fact, I'm about to slander them. Yeah. okay. So,
2: all right, just make it. I'm like, you really. I think, really
3: gonna... I think, I think. Mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. I think this game is going to fail in the fall season, and here's some reason why. Here's some reasons why. I had said it on stream. The reason why I think this game is going to fail is because, first off, it does not have a large roster. The roster that it came out with is, I think, only 12 characters. Um, they just released two more. That's fine. Great. I want them to release more characters. That's one of my complaints. I, I want more characters. The That's my first issue. The second issue is that the gameplay is so floaty compared to a, a, a real uh, fighting game like smash all the characters have distinct feelings and weights you know like if you're playing ganondorf versus like a jigglypuff jigglypuff is a lot more floaty than ganon you know ganon is a big body nigga he he moves like that his moves are slower he hits like that he he takes hits you know jigglypuff you know floats around and all of that you know but in this game, everybody feels floaty. LeBron James feels floaty. Damn near Superman feels floaty. Like all the characters, all of these characters feel the same. There's no distinct weight to them or like feeling to them that make them be like, oh, yeah, this is this type of character. They feel like this. That's my, that's my, that's my second complaint. My third complaint is that... Um, <coughs> My third complaint is that the hitboxes are fucked up. Can't hit shit. If you if you play one v one in that game, you're not hitting shit. Half of the time, you're moving around trying to get them in the right spot so you can hit them. But look, that's just me personally. Apparently, that's not how the game is supposed to play. You have to play with two ple- pe- two people. But whatever. That's my that's my Debbie Downer on this game. I gave it two months. I gave it two months since since we played it. That's in October. So I got I got a little bit more time before this game fails. But guaranteed in two months, this game is yeah. going to be forgotten about.
1: Yeah. All right. And you know, while I respect your opinion, um, especially coming from you being a Smash veteran as you are, and uh, you're pretty good at Brawlhalla too, you know, I'll give you that. Um, you only have three hours worth of gameplay in the game. I feel like, you know, while those are salient points, you know, maybe get like get a couple more hours. And like I, if you have like 40 hours or 20 hours or even 15, I'd be like, OK, yeah, you spent some time in this shit, you know, spent like a sunk a full day of play into the game. Um, but I just I just got to disagree. I, I got to respectfully disagree. Like mm-hmm. w- when you say like the characters are floaty. Um in like Smash plays where you have like specific weights to the character. You can like you can kind of tell specific types of characters from each other. A LeBron going up against a bugs bunny is he's gonna explode the bugs. You'd have to you'd have to pull out crazy combos in order to finesse a LeBron out of the game. That's all I'm saying. Um like Finn going up against Batman, that's a pretty that's a pretty like balanced like fight you guys might have to put in some actual tech play some neutral the thing i'm saying here is these are completely different games that you're comparing you can't play smash the same way you would play brawlhalla right and you can't play brawlhalla the same way you would play multiverses um and so you kind of have to go in with like with your palate cleansed of any fucking any other battle arena games like smash or any of these games, you got to take it for what it is. Um, the roster thing, the game's been out for a month. They're going to add new, new characters. They just dropped season one. So I, I like, you just got to give it some time. You're saying that three, three months after the game dropped, it's going to be dead. That's never happened. Like I, I haven't seen a game drop a month or drop and then three months later it's it's fucked. And Nickelodeon you know,
3: like Nickelodeon All Stars. That's my example. Nickelodeon All Stars. Where that game at? Everybody play hyping it. it up. Everybody Oh, oh I'm play
1: PlayStation All Stars though. PlayStation play. All Stars <laughs> was five. I'll play his cat dog
3: slash I
0: will
2: say my opinion um, about uh, metaverses coming from Zero hours of gameplay. I didn't even touch that shit. Um, my biggest gripe with it is literally just two players. I don't play with... I, I'm always in Discord with more than two other people. So, mm. I'm, I, so looking at just like the play style, and again, this is for me, I always have people to play with. So I'm always looking at Apex because that has been or max three people. Call of Duty has four, Valorant has five. So a two-player game and solo games for me just isn't really in my palette. That's just me personally. Um, looking at the roster, I mean, like Ren is right, it's a new game, you gotta start somewhere. They probably, I don't know what their whole situation is as far as licensing, because characters are coming from a bunch of different places, from what it looks like. So they probably need to do some things, kind of moving around as far as building the roster to begin with. Ren is also right, you can't play it the same way you play other games. But Faye was also right when it comes to like, what place is it going to hold in the fighter community? Any fighter game like this that you're going up against is gonna be compared to Smash because Smash just holds that spot. So there's also gonna be that comparison, but Ren is right. You gotta kinda have to look at it. You gotta have separate it to a certain degree. Um, is it gonna be popping in three months? I don't think it's gonna be that crazy. Not because the game is bad, but because there's a lot of games coming out in three months. So people are gonna be on a lot of other things. So it's really easy for multiverses to kinda get swept underneath the rug. Because a lot of games are just going to be in the rotation. So there's good points made on both sides. Again, this is me. I don't even play the game. I don't even know what the fuck. I can't even name three characters on it. I know there's a fucking dog on there that that has horns on it. Yeah, it's a lame
1: dog. Hey, cool. Cool. Where are you from? He's an original character. He's an original. Oh,
2: for real? So they got their own shit? Yeah, like they just added niggas.
3: (laughs) Don't hate on the dog. (laughs) He got that dog. What's
2: what the dog doing? What the dog <laughs> yeah. doing? So mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it, it might do well and it might not. But um, I see a lot of people playing it. It's probably digestible. It's free. I hear that the skins are stupid expensive for what they are. But mm. it's the same thing with Valorant. It's a free-to-play so they gotta make their money somehow. Valorant yeah, skins are I pretty trash for it to be 80 bucks, But, you know, we, we'll see. It's a new game, so... It's too early for the game to really for people to make any like definite decisions on it. I hope it's I'm hoping it's not like a, a buffer game, like Splitgate was Splitgate, um, uh, Knockout City, the Roller Rink one. Those are games that only oh. lasted like three months, but they were specifically buffer games. Those games weren't yeah. meant to be yeah. crazy. I don't I wouldn't be surprised if if the developers of multiverses were just trying to pat their resume so they can get on to bigger games. That's how I see it. That's how I see like these buffer games. I maybe this wasn't a good time for it to well, I don't know. They might have released it a month before all these new games coming out so we can just hold this month. Or if they're making this with the intention of it being like a a long term thing. But at the end of the day it's a free to play. You can't really hate on a free game. So yeah, I, think
0: I don't one, think they're gonna
2: go under. Um they got the fucking Warner Brother machine behind them.
1: Well um, they
2: got some backing. But does does Warner Bros have like any kind of like placement in video games
3: before they have batmans they don't have any fighting games like this no no they have
1: uh injustice
3: oh right but that's like yeah that yeah that was supposed to go up again mortal kombat but it never it never succeeded i don't know why it never did
1: it has a core audience. It's like fucking. It's in the FGCs. Like they have an Evo. Niggas talk about it. Sonic Fox beat the fuck
2: out of niggas in that shit. Like Injustice man. isn't beating Mortal Kombat from just simply off the off of the uh, the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah. it. But there's niggas that are, are still playing Injustice. Not me, but somebody.
3: Nah, yeah. I I wanted to uh echo off of what you had said about how limited um it is in terms of how many players can play so when we had played it on stream um we were trying to do a custom game with khalil shout out khalil um and when we were trying to set up the custom game two things happened one we kept dropping out like people kept dropping out of the custom game just randomly um and then two um it was maxed out at four people for a free-for-all So we were like, why can't we have more people playing this game? You know, like, why aren't there eight, you know, eight people free-for-alls? Like, that would be really funny to play on stream. You know, you, me, Brooke, Vish, like, all of us, like, playing multiverses and just hopping in and just having a free-for-all, you know? Like, that's fun. Um, So I hope they... Maybe down the road, make support for like bigger stages and the ability to, um, you know, hop into custom games a lot easier. You know, it's early, but that's one thing that I would I would come back for. Like those better support for custom games, bigger, bigger, uh, bigger games. You know, bigger player amount.
2: And this is this just goes off the same thing we we're talking about with Apex. They got to listen to the. The community, again, it's an early game, it's a new, so, and it's free, so they're not asking for anything from people. Pretty much just go in there and play the game. And hopefully they listen to them. If they're not growing, um, if they're not growing the game tailored towards the people who are trying to play it, it, then it will go under, but that's just with every game. But if they listen to the people and saying like, oh, they want, you know, like um, bigger party sizes or bigger free for all or bigger stages, then they they're gonna have to bring that to the table because if they don't, then and it's just the same game, how it is now for the next six months. Then yeah, it'll most likely go under. But again, that's with every game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see them add a ranking system. They right,
3: that's to, that's also you know, missing too. If they want to be like an Evo and like more competitive, I I'd like to see them add a ranking system. Um I know that that would make this a lot more a lot less casual and actually have them listen to changes for hitboxes and things like that. One thing I feel like that, that that's holding them back from that is because they want to expand the character roster first. Like they're set yeah. on getting more characters for the roster. They're not I would hope that they build up the roster first get it to a certain point when they're like comfortable and then open up the ranking and start making tweaks to the fighting system. Because I, I know for sure everybody that I have seen has said that this fighting system feels weird. Uh, at least the hit detection, like it just does not feel right um, compared to like any other fighting game.
2: Yo, you know what game has a, a crazy big roster that I just don't even like think about? Mm. Valorant. And I feel like it just it just came out of nowhere. But I just remember like last time we went in and we were in the agent selection. Yeah. I'm like, it's a lot of people mm-hmm. like like if you have teams of five, like both teams can pick completely different people and have ten individual players on a map and still have leftover to pick from.
0: Yeah.
2: Now I remember what they were still just like dropping characters. I think so they're going to drop TDM
3: yeah. They're They're planning mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah, they're planning on make a, making a TDM for Valorant because there's no TDM mode. Like deathmatch is the only mode where it's like, oh, everybody just shoots for everybody. Oh. But now they're making a actual mode where it's actual team deathmatch, where it's like, okay, the objective yeah, it's isn't like plant to get it's kills. To, because yeah. right now it's just S Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Honestly, I'd be okay with that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. again you know like this is just what we're talking about adding new game modes and trying to expand the game and listening to the audience I don't know if people were really looking for TDM like that but right. honestly it'd be pretty cool I mean
1: maybe after this fucking this next season of Apex we might revisit Valorant but we've been on a we've been on the Apex kick these last couple, couple months low key
3: yeah so, we
1: i don't know when we're gonna touch Valorant seriously again we almost we, made it to silver this past act too
3: i know i'm still bronze one like i can still touch silver like i think who who else is bronze one on on our Rick team a
1: game of, game away yeah um, from silver i think you're a couple games away um yeah shit i'm fucking bronze like two or something like
0: fuck valor yeah. I'm I like
3: silver.
2: I'm, I'm silver. I'm
3: silver. I'm silver. You're silver. Yes, sir. Oh, a silver! I made it to silver. So, we we are a silver team. I I I still think that from from the past few seasons of Valorant, we've been doing so well, but it's like we've run into these ungodly matchups with like golds or like crazy uh crazy amounts of All like right. silver. Yeah, plats. Mm-hmm. That one time, it's just like. Like, we ran into shitty, like, in a general sense, like, a team that is made for us and then just one outlier. Like, that one outlier makes us, like, trip and fall. And um, it, it just didn't make sense. And that was my frustration with Valorant. Like, we just kept running into those types of teams. And... You no,
2: know, the, the last time we played Valorant, we just walked stuck. through that
3: team. Dude,
2: oh, yeah. I don't know if it was just us playing. Apex for, so like, so much, or... <laughs> um, or we just came across a bad team, but we just stomped them and I wasn't satisfied at all. I, yeah. I didn't even feel like that was a win. So I'm that. curious to see us go into Valorant after playing so much Apex because Apex, it's high stress. I'd be I'd be stressed the fuck out. I'm like third parties, I got all this shit that's happening. We got so many abilities popping off. We got the ring closing, but Valorant is like. Just go in and just win your one. Just get the headshot and get out. And that's what we did the last game. So I'm curious to see how well we would do moving into it. I feel like we have better communications now because we've had to interact and talk with each other in high-stress situations. Now with Valorant, you just got to walk into the site, get your picks, and get out. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. I, I feel like we've only gotten better like we played against bronze players so much like we kind of know exactly how to go in and play these like fucking competitive games now we just got to start going up against silvers we've been hit, we've been seeing a couple of silvers
0: mm-hmm. in our in
1: our lobby so like we're starting to pick up on the little sauce and everything you going to see us in gold for sure
3: <laughs> like man
1: maybe a season or two no just
3: maybe kidding. a season maybe, or you know. two <laughs> they they be dropping uh so they they dropped the new map if you don't play Valorant. They they drop maps and they drop characters as well. Sometimes we'll just get a map and no new character, uh, which changes up the whole entire flow of the game. Um mm-hmm. so they dropped the new map Pearl. Um we played on the map a couple times, a couple ranked games, a couple regular uh pub games. And I think my thoughts on it personally, I like the map a lot better better than uh, fractured and breeze it's a lot more yeah. easier to navigate and anticipate things um but this map isn't easy because you, there's just so many uh angles that you have to anticipate for um especially like when you're pulling out of a site you know you you got to anticipate at least three or four angles where, where someone could be shooting you from mm-hmm. so pearl, pearl is definitely interesting
1: it's easier to attack, that's for sure. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. It's a lot easier to attack and get onto point. I think, like, there's a lot less room for error on attack. For defending, that's where the issue comes. Because it's like, man, that there, there's three lanes. It's a three-lane map. So, like, they could be pushing for mid. Or, like, two of them can be pushing for mid. And they'll be coming to the, you know, third part of the site. Or, or right side of the site. Um, and you gotta anticipate that, or you know, it, it's just like so many avenues and different ways that you can attack the site that's good, but like for defense, it's like, you gotta you gotta be on your toes. Yeah. Just personally, I like the map a lot more than Breeze and Fractured.
1: Yeah, but, it's a good map. Probably, yeah. not my top five, but definitely
2: a good map. Better than those two. Yeah, the new maps, I haven't really been fucking with them. I mean, like, mm. Breeze I wasn't fucking with, Fracture I wasn't fucking with, Pearl, it's all right, but I don't like it any more than, like, the OG maps, mm-hmm. personally.
3: If they were to introduce a character, a new character, I would want to see another support character. I'm tired of seeing these overly aggressive, attacky characters or Sentinels. Like, we need another support character, I feel like, um, because... Because...
2: Huh? Sentinel? Is, isn't that Sentinel?
3: yeah nah. he, he's an Initiator. Wait, is is Sentinel more of a support? Yeah, S- like. Uh, is Sage. Sage, 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 Sage is Sage. a Sentinel. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I I feel okay then. Um, because Chamber doesn't feel like a Sentinel then. Yeah. Or like an
1: Initiator, and Fade is an Initiator too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Chamber is is a Sentinel. Cham-
3: Chamber is oh, a sentinel. Oh
1: yeah, yeah
0: he is.
2: I mean, ko. People, my bad. People play him mm-hmm. like a, an initiator on attacking because if his uh, that teleport, he'll go in, take that first shot, and get out.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i I just want I just want another character that can actually like either heal or like support people a lot better. Like if if there is a character that could, for example, switch locations with you. Like if you're in a bad cut and like you're getting pinned down by a lot of people. You know, it would be interesting to see if there is a character like that could either switch places with you or uh, pull you out of that place to them.
2: Sound like you. Are you talking about like a Muriel from? Yeah, just kind of of come Mm -hmm.
3: teleports to them, give them shields and stuff. And then and yeah, it it just feel I, I feel like that's a role that could be expanded on at least in my opinion cuz Valorant feels like there's just too many people that uh are overly aggressive like oh this person can teleport and like also has a sniper pistol it's like why why are there why are all the roles seemingly the same like everybody has this weird samey kind of role of of I the think,
2: play i think they do that because if they make characters that are like they're trying to maintain like relative like a relatively like neutral utility because if you do something that's like if you introduce a character that has like way out their abilities it's gonna change how the game is played
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so they'll introduce someone that is very much like a sentinel like uh, the sentinel is going to be a sentinel and have the utility of a sentinel Mm -hmm. that's it that's just like how you play chamber chamber has a little bit more mobility and can hold down a side by himself because of the different angles but mm-hmm. you can't 1v3, 1v4 uh, with a Chamber just off of abilities, you know. So that, that's the trade-off. And that's not the trade-off of playing um, Chamber himself, but that's just the trade-off of playing a Sentinel. Same mm-hmm. thing with like with Sage, um, KJ, Chamber. Like you're, you're not going to get that, that, that push because that's just not what the role allows for. And if they introduce a Sentinel that has more mobility, then it's going to really change how the game is going to play significantly because mm. all the characters are pretty much exist within their own bubble.
0: Yeah.
2: So it, they would have to look at like how they want to adjust because like every time they drop a character, it changes how people are going to have to respond to that yeah. and how they're going to play. So it doesn't change not only how you play, but how your mm. team plays around you and then how the other team plays against you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things to consider, I would say, when introducing a character like that. And, you know, every time they drop a character, the first if they'll drop a character on patch note 6.0 and 6.01. They're getting nerfed every time. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Man, the nerf
1: that Vantage is about to get this next patch is going to be crazy.
3: Vantage. Oh, yeah. For Apex. Yes, yes. That is going to be that's going to be crazy. Um, I mean, how are we feeling about this Val topic. Ready to let this train leave the station?
2: Yeah, we don't play Val enough for us to really shit on the yeah. game right now. <laughs> that was mm. cool. I, I know. Was, was, uh, Chamber just got that big ass nerf, so wasn't oh, really. Yeah, uh, yeah fuck, fuck Chamber, man. Good luck, babe. Going into <laughs> our next game.
0: Man, we'll I mean, we, we played her.
2: Our...
3: We'd we'll probably go back to Arena. That was easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah but uh speaking of characters and people playing characters uh something that i wanted to talk about and bring up was the child uh actors that made it out the best from like disney channel nickelodeon and stuff um just in general and I guess we can kind of like go open pretty open ended with this because Ren had a couple couple points that he wanted to touch on Um, and I didn't really write any points. I was just going to kind of like go off of like reminiscing over old times Uh, like Miley Cyrus is probably one of the bigger Disney stars who transitioned out Mm -hmm. and had a career outside of that. Uh, with her music and all of that, even Dylan Cole, right? Um Hillary Duff, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of people who transitioned out of Disney, out of that childhood actor space, into something bigger than themselves. But I'd like to highlight also the best and the worst. Uh so one example is what's his name from that So's Raven? Uh, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio oh, Brown. Oh my god! No, we need to stop
1: putting a camera in front of that nigga. Like, it's not okay. give him a platform. So, no.
3: so I heard, and I saw an interview with Fifty Cent where Fifty was like actually confirming that Diddy acts weird and stuff, and supposedly maybe Antonio Brown isn't so you know, isn't, you know, spitting some crazy logic. Um, Wait, but
2: Antonio Brown?
1: Or yeah.
3: Orlando, and Brown? Orlando Brown. Is it? Is it Orlando, Orlando, Orlando Brown? Brown? Orlando Brown. Yeah, not Antonio like, oh, Brown. A-B-Diff. <laughs> <laughs> NFL? Oh, Antonio man. Antonio
1: Brown on some shit, too, but he's been going down Kanye lane. <laughs> that shit's um, crazy. Dondo. Orlando.
3: Uh, yeah, or- Orlando Brown. Um, My fault. Bro. Yeah, Orlando Brown used to be an actor on That's So Raven. If you don't know what That's So Raven is, look it up. It was a show on Was it a show on Disney Channel, right? Disney Channel. Yeah. Show if you don't on know Disney Channel. That's
1: o Raven. You're probably too young to be watching. You're, you're probably
3: too young to be watching this podcast. Maybe look up some clips and yeah, she'll look into the camera and do some future sight shit. Uh <laughs> and so yeah, he was a character on that show A lot of stuff happened after that show that we just been like, I don't, I don't even know. But to be honest, he's one of the, he's one of the more question mark people who came out of Disney. We don't know exactly what happened to him, but his career just like went downhill after that. Uh, Same with Raven, arguably like her saying some wild shit about like that. She's not black or like she was claiming that she wasn't black anymore crazy stuff transracial um so those are some of the examples of like child stars that like really didn't make it um but some of the people that did kind of make a name for themselves like zendaya like zendaya i think she's pretty up there like she is still successful um in a lot of her roles outside of disney she really transitioned i think the most successful and still is uh regarded to be a really good actor and i think she's a really good actor especially her role in euphoria crazy her playing a drug addict almost seems a little too weird
2: I, okay me <laughs> this. This, here's my theory i think not confirmed I think they made Zendaya do hard drugs before going onto that show because the way she be tweaking, like I, I think that she really be tweaking. I'm just saying, like, she, either she's a really great actress or she's she's seen some shit, or both. No, I'm just saying she's great. Yeah. I think I think Zendaya probably has had, and this this is I think pretty interesting because I think she's had the cleanest breakaway from Disney, mm-hmm. but also still very successful and still moving forward. She hasn't even peaked yet. She's just taken on bigger and better roles. But like when you look at Miley Cyrus, she really had to like do some crazy shit in an attempt to break away from the image that Disney kind of had her in, that grip. Crazy. And we look at a lot of childlike actors and actresses and they kind of had to go through some shit to go to transition from their position or their role to like where they are now. But Miley Cyrus, crazy transition. Orlando Brown, crazy transition. Um, uh, Raven Samoa, crazy transition. The la- the latter two, not as successful as Miley Cyrus, but you see a lot of these, these um, actors and actresses kind of just really transitioning out. Bella Thorne, crazy transition coming out of their, their previous position with Disney. So i don't know if it's a disney specific thing or what but when we see people come out of disney from acting i'm pretty young you see them go through some shit after yeah like it's like a it, 50
3: 50 50. Yeah. even zach efron that that nigga transitioned pretty well out of out of disney like he started oh, getting yeah. different different roles
2: he, he was just taking on more mature roles i think after disney
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah and that kind of helped him kind of like move out of it he kind of just really but you know what Zendaya and Zac Efron only stuck with um, with acting. Yeah. So it was easy for them to to phase out of it as they took on more and more roles. Like, but when you look at like Miley Cyrus, she was doing music, mm. and so but she also did music. I think before she was acting, or I don't know, she was pursuing music at the same time as acting when she did Hannah Montana. But um, but she had a different avenue that she had access to. Yeah.
1: I was also going to say, like, um, depending on how you break away from, like, Disney, it will also affect your career. Because we see, like, Selena Gomez, and we compare Ah, it to, like, Zendaya, where they both had a clean break from Disney. But I don't think Selena could ever really escape the Disney aesthetic that she had. And so it never really put her past Disney. But, like, every Disney, like actor had to have like some breakaway moment where it's like we no longer associate you with disney we're associating you as your own independent like performer and i feel yeah. like that was um euphoria for zendaya and then zach efron he did like bad neighbors or something like that with seth rogan like he took on like some comedy roles and he took on like he he really got to show his range but on the big screen and so i just don't think like selena had those kind of opportunities or it just kind of got overlooked because she just had such a Disney vibe. Mm-hmm. And she she really did
2: music too, I think. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Music.
1: But she just yeah. got overshadowed by everyone coming out of like Nickelodeon and, and Disney. Like,
3: mm-hmm. and, and to talk about the effect that you're, you're mentioning Ren about like how, if you, depending on the way that you break off from these big corporations, especially as early as you are into your career um like that could really affect just the rest of your career in the industry like who you work with how you're going to get the connections to do do that from from there on um like that that same thing happened uh for the nickelodeon stars so we can name like victoria justice music career didn't go nowhere miranda cosgrove miles's <laughs> miles's I'm favorite
2: not, i'm not i'm not gonna rant about miranda
3: cosgrove.
0: we we're not gonna we're not gonna rant on her but miranda cosgrove music didn't go nowhere <laughs> like that girl that played jade like girl who played jade sadly didn't
3: go nowhere the only person who made it out was ariana grande bro
2: but i remember hearing like nick doesn't really like nickelodeon they were trying to um, like turn these artists or these these actors and actresses into like music artists, I think. Um, and it just was a failed experiment because you look at a lot of them, a lot of them where um, were started off on Nick and tried mm-hmm. to go into music. You look at yeah, like Miranda Cosgrove. She had nothing to do with music beforehand, but transitioned into music. A lot of the people from Victoria's were that was based around music, but they all started off as actors and actresses and tried to transition into music, and only one came out of that. They were all mm. good. Victoria, Victoria Justice was the, the main character. Yeah. Did make it. So it I did. don't, I think Nick was trying to send, like, they were trying to make a platform for them to create artists, but I don't think they were really providing any resources for them to actually who will yeah. their exposure
1: and then just let them go the priorities at nick were definitely fucked up especially when it came to these like ch- mm-hmm. they they had an uh, an abundance of child actors and we haven't i don't think we've we don't hear a lot of shit but there's just a lot of like shit that can be inferred like have you guys seen those videos of like dan schneider being like weird or having like a foot fetish
3: yeah, there was the video of Jeanette McCurdy, I think it was her birthday, and Dan Schneider was, like, right on her shoulder, like, giving, like, holding her shoulders behind her.
1: Yeah, And
3: I think she was, like, visibly uncomfortable.
1: I, I just feel like, after, like, seeing, we we've seen enough child actors kind of go bad, or, like, come out being more down bad than ever um Mm -hmm. from these like these different networks and i feel like like at this point we can kind of concisely say like there's no ethical way to um have a child actor be involved in like any kind of filming process i mean we'll see what happens to the the stranger things kids but i also think like they're, they're just back then there just wasn't any kind of regulation like they were doing and saying anything in front of like these people that are underage and like um And Jeanette McCurdy's, uh, like, new book um, is titled Glad My Mom Died. Um, She was saying, like, a lot of the pressure that she experienced was from her mom, from the producers, like, they they were heavily encouraging all of them to, like, start drinking at the age of 18. Um, And she was saying, like, her mom, like, was trying to make sure that she was, like, as skinny as her co-stars um and she always had body image issues because like they only had like a specific kind of look um and they would make you work all these hours so it's like how do you come out of that like not fucked up you know uh, yeah it's just it's kind of crazy
2: it's a a harsh like environment to put a child through like kids like typically will go to school be surrounded by kids that are their age have fun, make mistakes on their own. But like a lot of these like these actors and actresses, like they're like homeschooled or they're going to classes on set. They're meeting like minimum requirements as far as education so they can spend as much time as they can, you know, being somebody else. You know, like you can't spend time developing your own personality. If you spend the majority of your time going over roles. That's not a natural thing that kids should really go through. And it, so it, it's definitely tough on your upbringing. So that's why you see a lot of these actors, actresses coming out of like child roles. Fuck. I mean, you can almost guarantee to a certain degree they're going to be fucked, you know, to a certain extent. Like they, they never
1: get to experience like a socially normal life. Mm-mm. Like, especially if they're like paparazzi magnets, then you're kind of fucked. Like, I remember seeing a, an interview with um, Josh Peck and he was like... Mm. I wanted to be a normal kid so bad that like when I went out to these parties and these kids were drinking, doing drugs and all this shit, I thought this is what normal kids do because I've been homeschooled. I've been like around show business, not around normal kids my entire life. So I jumped in and I did all that shit because he was just trying to be normal. And so it's the same thing as like homeschooling kids like you're socially kind of depriving them of any actual real life socialization
3: yeah and and they can run into trouble because of that i mean the people who who come out of disney or come out of child acting just in general um get into trouble with like uh addictions and and uh substance abuse um or just really bad behavior just in general on how to treat people like uh drake bell um you know having so much uh so many issues with uh you know the way he's been around other um, people who are underage, um, yeah, I, I you, know, like, that, you
2: know, like he he a pedal, though. He was. Yeah.
3: That
2: I remember watching that, that, case, that. Crazy shit. And you know, I'm going to go on. <laughs> I just there, remember anything. watching this stuff and it's it was grooming, just, he was grooming this girl.
0: Yeah. He, it, he took a plea deal.
2: He, he, he what? And, he took a plea deal.
1: You know, oh, what's the deal? that's right. It was like a sweetheart, like a slap on the wrist type shit. Like, yeah. his,
2: there was basically his lawyers were just kind of went to the evidence. and was like, look, our best options for you is plea guilty and just walk out of this. Like, just do your time and walk out because they wouldn't be able to prove that he was innocent. And the fact that you can't prove if he had to take a plea deal for something like that, you fucked up somewhere. Yeah. And it's just easier for you to just say you're guilty. And I remember this one clip where they had the girl um, speak over the, uh, like, over, like, a Zoom call. And he blacked out her face and everything, so we didn't know who she was. But when she was explaining her story and what he was doing, this nigga was rolling his eyes and being like, oh, she's just being dramatic and shit like that. But couldn't say anything because he just had to eat it. And I'm like, that's fucked. That, yeah. that's, that's fucked. Yeah. So that—that's that
1: to him. I don't think he even spent a day in jail. Like he yeah. got like I think he got like a dummy long parole sentence. No, he's not on the registry. I don't think look all this up.
3: Yeah, while you're looking that up, the the red flag about Drake Bell is also that uh, even Josh Peck like didn't even invite him to his own wedding and it became a big thing and they made videos and stuff and that's how josh peck started popping up on youtube again and he eventually started a youtube channel off of that like a uh, uh, surface drama and stuff i guess his youtube was already started maybe like he started posting more often because yeah. of it but um them sitting down and talking like you could tell like josh peck doesn't really fuck with drake bell like that like mm-hmm. They, they worked together, but, like, you could tell, like, their dynamic was just, like, Drake being, like, that that person who always, like, was causing trouble for, for Josh yeah. Peck. Like They were strictly co-stars. They were the
0: same show.
1: So it says here, um, first of all, he took a plea deal and it lowered his sentence or it lowered his charge to child endangerment. Um, and he has two years of probation and 200 hours of community service. So a slap on the wrist,
2: basically. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He, but, yeah, he couldn't
2: fight that one.
1: I feel like, I feel like uh, Josh had to have known something was weird about him. That's why he didn't want to have him like be associated with him at all.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't either. Like, I think it was David Dobrik or, or someone something. brought them together. I think, it was, like I think it, was yeah, it was David Dober. I think yeah, it was David Dober. It was not it was not it was not a good video. Because yeah. he addressed things about like him not getting invited to the wedding and I'm pretty sure Drake did that so we can get his face on the camera again because I think it wasn't doing nothing. So. Yeah
3: he was he had such a weird life and career after after Nickelodeon. Like he ended up being a big star in Mexico and then he tried to like challenge like one of the biggest uh uh like artists in Mexico and people just weren't fucking with him like that and he got pissed and then just left or like i think he got in trouble for more shit there and then just left mexico it's I just like heard, uh,
1: i i heard like <laughs> some kid like did a make a wish and wanted to meet drake and they got Drake Bell instead of Drake. Like Aubrey <laughs> Drake.
0: Um, uh, I would have been so disappointed. <laughs> I would have been man. like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Drake? Drake?
2: Man. Oh, that's cold. But nah. anyways, looking at like the Nickelodeon um, music stars that were trying to come out. We're looking at people like Big Time Rush. Oh, they were popping for their, their time, man. but their mm-hmm. show was also based around their music. I, 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 honestly, I folk with Big Time Rush when it was out. That was cool. I'm like, yeah, now shouldn't be like. Damn, you mean, know, I wish I was at a, at a little, little motherfucking uh, school where like they pay for my housing, and I was just oh, all the shoddies were just always around pool parties and stuff. No fuck, class. Come on, let's go with the, let's go with the hot tub. You know, but. You had them, then you had Victoria Justice, you had the Naked Brothers Band. <laughs> they started off a lot younger, but again, their show was based around music. That you was had, a weird time. That was a really Drake weird time. Who, he, his, his, um, his music was a little bit separated from like his acting role. Same thing with Miranda Cosgrove, it we was separated. And then you had our, Ariana Grande, who was on Victorious with some other people where the show was like their platform for their music. But Mm -hmm. out of all these people, you know, Ariana Grande was the only one. That was just to name a few. But again, I don't really know what steps she took after leaving Nick to push forward her music career. But she was good. I think she's the best singer out of all the people that we've seen singing coming from Nick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember
1: that episode where she sang for the first time, and I was like,
2: Yo, what the fuck,
1: yo, cat? I thought she was just stupid, but she's <laughs> singing.
3: You know, oh. you know what made me realize why Disney was so successful with uh the music stuff? It's because they had the Disney fucking radio, and that oh, shit was yeah. popping. And and they would have new people show up on the Disney radio all the time, like new artists, like all these actors who just so happened to make music and all this stuff they would be on the disney radio and i bet i bet miley cyrus selena gomez they living off that disney radio because there's so many people who are still replaying them songs like i'd be replaying fucking selena gomez's song it's like a what, what, what what's that song what's that song uh 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 you, you know that song i'm just thinking about it uh
1: she she was talking about like I needed to lose you to find myself and shit like something that. something like
3: that something like that but oh, you know man Disney had such a big infrastructure already set up for the music Nickelodeon didn't like you can't you can't listen to any of the songs from Victorious without having to go through a bunch of hoops probably you know um which is unfortunate. Like, I feel like they could have capitalized on that and had the same success as Disney because Victorious had some good songs. They had a lot of good remixes, too, to popular songs. So I would have been down for it. That would have been my kid's bop. But unfortunate. And and also, you know, all the Disney movies and the animated movies. Typically have songs, so you can't watch a Disney movie without having a song. Like if if they don't have a song in the movie, that means they're gonna lose money. That that's just easy. Like they have that equation worked out. Music and Disney just can't be separated.
1: Yeah, they they really kept everything
2: in house.
3: Yeah, they smart for that.
2: If you look up Ariana Grande, she's um labeled as an American singer. Look at Victoria Justice; she's just an American actress. Didn't make what,
3: what happens if you look up Miranda
0: Cosgrove
2: American singer
0: no way <laughs> you're I'm <laughs> sorry you really wanted it for your girl man you really um, I don't even know
3: what she sound like singing Like, <laughs> yeah to be honest I don't even know what she sound like
2: i don't even care about her singing she's just a great person overall like she's just a good person from the heart that's what i care about like take your word for it
1: if, if
3: y'all if y'all want miranda cosgrove featured on the next episode of the way Too real podcast make sure y'all email her email her be like we want you on the fmo podcast
0: no
2: no let me tell you i was so mad when she was in a david dobrik vlog and his homie was like hey bro, i want to talk to her i'm too nervous and so david wanted to go talk to her and she was like or he was like yo what uh, my homie thinks you're cute and he was like she's off a rope."
3: <laughs>
2: and she was like yeah he's like you want your number he's like yeah for sure i'll give him my number i'm like <laughs> That easy, Should've man. for her number, like?
1: Me. I'm. I be praying on niggas' downfalls with that shit. I'm like, oh, I, I'm happy for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm happy for you, gang. I'm, I'm happy for you.
3: We start <laughs> hugging them tighter and tighter. It's like,
1: bro, I can't. He's like you better, you better, you better, you better tre- fuck treat, treat her well, nigga. You better. <laughs> She too, she too special for you for for you to be, um, fuck
2: it up. So you better, yeah. I don't care about you, but I care about her. So I guess I gotta care about how you like how you treat her. So do your best because if you don't, right
3: there, right there. Right nah, there. that that's a scary tactic. Uh, the the Andrew Tate uh, fucking mindset of masculinity. That shit is actually scary. <laughs>
2: Man, yeah, this nigga Angel Tay is on some... Is that his name? Yeah. yeah.
3: He got uh, banned. Recent news, he got banned from Facebook and all most social medias, right? Am yeah, I right I about that?
1: Daughter, Facebook and Instagram.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm happy that they did because I'm tired of him spewing a bunch of bullshit.
2: And it's, it's not even like just his opinion, but I think his what he talks about gives an opportunity to like for to spread damn near just hate mm-hmm. and people to follow up on it and it just doesn't really promote a safe community.
1: It's simply violence towards women. Like he's talking about women being property and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like setting a lot like setting us far, far back when it comes to patriarchy.
3: Yeah. But, I, it, yeah, I'm glad
1: an... I'm glad they took him off.
3: If anything when you could see i think most women would like to say that oh um you know men are benefiting from patriarchy but i can tell you right now like we are not um the, all them niggas who uh subscribe to andrew tate's way of thinking they are not getting pussy they are suffering <laughs> they they will not get any pussy they are not they are not succeeding in life with that way of thought and if you subscribe to andrew tate or any any of that way of like treating women just treating a person in general like you gotta think like what what makes you so entitled to think that you could treat someone lesser than yourself because you're a different gender or even a different race like come on like keep it keep it to the practical not to any like higher thinking. Like at the end of the day, you know, we're we're all human. We only were granted one life. You know, so what you do now and what you say now, you gotta you gotta really think about that shit. And that shit is on the internet forever. People will catch you out. And and you know, after that point, the, the redemption, that hill that you gotta climb back. To be good with people again, that shit is high. So, so right now. it's so, that's a it, it's, it's a vertical it's, it's a vertical climb. No, no harnesses. You if you fall again, you fall. <laughs> yeah,
2: you. <laughs> so to, like, that's if you get up the
3: first time. That's if you get up the first time. So you don't know, don't. Yeah, go ahead.
2: I
1: like okay. By no means do I support anything that Andrew Tate or any of these like the fresh and fit niggas like sneeko like all these niggas Mm -hmm. that are talking about like high value male shit at the end of the day and i always say this at the end of the day the the thing yeah the blue pill the red pillars yeah um so all this red pill shit it's because today men are lonely and especially young men young men are lonely nobody has like a sense of purpose nobody knows what to do um with themselves because they are feeling the effects of the white supremacist capitalist patriarchal system that we are under um and while men do socially benefit from patriarchy in terms of like the institution we the the systems that we've built for ourselves leave men feeling isolated emotionally like where you see like women are able to support their friends and um lift each other up uh and be emotionally vulnerable with each other men don't ever really get that 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 time to be emotionally vulnerable unless they're with a woman um and if they they serve to lose um social credit if they're emotionally vulnerable with their men you know with their boys mm-hmm. and everything like that and so I that's why I think it's really important for us like as men to lift up their homies, be able to have these uncomfortable emotional conversations, cry in front of your man's because niggas are lonely at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um the and this is a system that we've created for ourselves. So in order for us to do better, we need to advocate for feminism, we need to advocate for patriarchy, to to tear down the structures that we have for patriarchy because men do suffer and we suffer in silence and the only way we can actually speak up and say hey these are what we these are the inequities that us as men face in the system where we're supposed to be powerful um we need to help uplift our like uplift women in order for us to make everything equitable you know what i mean And that's why like we see it everywhere. Like this is why men don't get taken seriously with domestic violence. This is why men have a higher suicide rate. It's because you're supposed to be in a system where you're at the most, you have the most power and the most reason to succeed, but you can't and you're falling short because the system doesn't work for everyone, you know. Um, And so, yeah. That's what I think about all this shit. I feel like Andrew Tate and all these red pillars are f- trying to fill in a demand, um, and these lost men kind of gravitate towards something that is empowering and is just kind of co opted to something that's kind of fucked up and violent towards women.
2: Really? Yeah. Yep. yeah, niggas complain, but they don't realize that they be the problem. Niggas be like, "Oh, like women will never understand how how lonely men truly are." It's like, that's because y'all niggas don't pursue positive relationships. I think it's keep everything surface level and keep everybody um, at arm's reach, but you don't do anything to pursue a healthy relationship, which is why you feel lonely. You feel like you can't talk to anybody. Why not? Because you don't surround yourself with people you feel comfortable talking with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard like
1: the 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 red pill niggas talking about you should never make uh be platonic friends with women. That shit's crazy. That doesn't make sense. Like the most like most of I, I felt like the most um. I don't know how to say it. Like my, some of my best friendships are with women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's also valuable as a man to have platonic relationships um with women because I heard someone describe like men don't have a really good filter when it comes to who they would fuck. They would just fuck anyone. Um, mm-hmm. and women have like a I'm gonna fuck this person or I'm gonna be friends with this person, but there's no there's hardly any cross or play in between those two brackets that you can sit within. I think it's just healthy to be able to select for people that you want to view in that way um, and for people that you'd want to just build a healthy friendship with Um, so yeah I don't know it's just like it's just something that's really important as a man you should should always have like like someone who's you know a woman to listen to or a woman to give you their perspective so you can kind of take everything into account
2: but that's with with kind of changing up opening up the idea of like people can exist out of their traditional gender roles because again they'll be like oh women are only meant for us to basically like be romantic with and have sex with when that's not the case like they don't see women as people who are capable of being platonic friends with as a man you have to let that idea go before you can go and pursue a platonic relationship with women so before you can do that you have to look at yourself and kind of start breaking down the walls that you already have built up, whether, you know, society built them up for you or if you just developed these on your own and kind of just kept with them. Like, you got to break down the walls first before you can go outside. Mm-hmm.
1: And also yeah. don't use women as emotional toilets. That happens. All. Women take on a lot
2: of emotional labor when it comes to interacting with men. Yeah, no. and, and and fucking listen I've had someone tell me like hey bro can I talk to you I just want to talk I don't like I just want you to listen don't don't talk back to me just let me vent that's not gonna help either so like Rin just said don't go and just bag dump and just be like here's what I'm going through just listen and then walk away like listen to the insight. like listen to some perspective you can't yeah. go around you're not gonna get women without talking to women you're not gonna understand what you need to do without listening to the the company that you're trying to pursue.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, I I was gonna chime in on like all those points of uh just knowing yourself, uh, especially before going into a, a relationship and knowing the roles exactly or understanding the roles in which uh actual like men and women play within a relationship and that's something that I had uh, also been like learning about how like the patriarchy uh, enforces the role of the man uh, be the breadwinner and the women be uh, the servant to the man, which is a completely fucked uh, uh, idea of how the roles and relationship works. And um, that's true. And a part of that is like also like Oh, you may be just emotionally dumping onto your uh, you know, significant other or you may uh be not opening up or uh you may be only looking at them as a sexual partner and nothing more. So it 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 really is fucked in the way that these people who talk about women and talk about relationships in this way uh very much Reinforce that idea of the patriarchy of men are better than women. Women have to serve men in the relationship, which is completely false. Like I would be damned if I've seen my mom serve my dad like that or be subservient to a man because that doesn't fit the right role of a healthy relationship. That lasts yeah. long without yeah. issues. Um, um, of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. My bad.
1: I was just gonna say, um, like a quick little. The, we're also setting ourselves up to be alone in that that worldview, right? Because mm-hmm. when um, when you set yourself up to be at the very top of your social family hierarchy you you can't go down you can't if if you're if you don't view your partner as an equal you can never truly open up to them because you feel like they will never truly understand you so a lot of these men are signing up for this worldview, um not realizing that once you get that and if you actually i don't know like if you defeat all the odds and you get a wife that is subservient to you and you 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 sit at the top of the throne in your family you're gonna have no one really because no one is gonna like you. Can't you can't lean on anyone? You can't have you don't have any support in that system.
3: Yeah, and
1: it, it defeats the purpose of having a partner.
3: It it really does. Uh, honestly, like the the whole point. Um, one thing that uh that kind of irked me today was um the the men of value idea. Um, and what what does a woman bring to the table. Um, And I think if you, if you constantly think of relationships in that perspective of, well, I'm a man with a job with these things. um, A woman is going to bring to me the ability to only really have a child and uh, maybe cook and clean. Like if that's things that you're looking for, You're obviously not looking for a relationship. You're not looking for. um, Something deeper than the surface level. You are. You are honestly. A a very shallow person. Like you. You honestly only. um, Really love yourself. Or really like. Only want. uh, A very. Closed off way of like living your life um i think that i feel bad for those people and i feel bad for kids who are listening to these people push this push this narrative that yeah all women are good for is this that's a terrible way of thinking because i i don't want those girls who are growing up to think damn is this the only way that i can be in a relationship with a guy you know is this the only um, uh, avenue for me to find love, for me to be subservient, and that's not true. Um, that that is completely false. Um, so yeah, just please, please educate yourselves. Please don't watch these people. If you got friends and families, nephews or anything like that, you catch them like acting like that, for real, slap them upside the head and be like, no, don't ever like. Don't ever, like, yeah, um, say that about women or try to yeah. reinforce these, like, gender roles that shouldn't be happening. Um, everybody deserves um, the same respect uh, as, as you would want for yourself.
1: If, if you as a man think you deserve respect from a woman or your woman or anyone that you're trying to be romantically involved for, I can tell you respect is earned. Mm -hmm. um you can't just you know expect a woman to be subservient or lead or not lead but let you lead in every single situation me personally i i like i would like my partner to be more con like you know more commanding i'm attracted to people that like are able to command a room and have like a certain confidence of themselves if my order's wrong at the table and and she doesn't Call the waiter and say, "Hey, his order's fucked up. Can we get a new one?" You know, maybe she, maybe they're not the right person for me. That's all.
2: <laughs> if she don't send back my cold chicken nuggets, I don't want it.
3: Look, if she don't say I'm a budge,
2: <laughs> yeah. You no. Know, speaking on this conversation, I would say, like, don't speak in universal truths. Don't don't do that. Don't say all women are supposed to do this because that's not a universal fact. It, it it differs between people to people. There are women who are like, okay, I want to break the stigma and I want to move in like CEO position. I want to be in more male-dominated positions and they should have the opportunity to pursue those options. But there are still some women who are like, well, I, I just, I would rather much stay at home and just be taken care of by my partner and just be a stay-at-home mom. And there isn't anything wrong with that, but there should be the opportunity to pursue the lifestyle that they want to pursue without any barriers set in place. And I think the same thing for men too. I only say that because I recently heard someone talking about like we're seeing more women um, move up in um, traditionally masculine roles, but we're not accepting the idea of men stepping down into more um, traditionally feminine roles. So we'll see women like yeah, like I want to work like higher positions and take on these other um, these other roles that we that we traditionally haven't seen them in but when men will be like oh you know like i want to stay at home and take care of the kids society's like oh nah, fuck that nigga you got it not you know but again
1: honest i play into that too if a nigga said like oh i just love kids i want to be a teacher i'm gonna be like that's kind of weird for you to say
2: bro i'm trying to stay at home i'm like look i let my wife come home you know like make all the money she can decide what she want to do with the money i'm just i'm a cook you can clean them put the kids to sleep you know I have a nice yeah, conversation. That's where I'm trying to be.
1: You're not a real stay-at-home husband if you don't greet your wife with a Long Island iced tea, butt-ass naked, <laughs> um, butt-ass
2: naked behind the uh, the
3: cookie. The apron, a- the a- a- yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Speaking. Speaking of like women doing performing roles, um, uh, that are typically occupied by men, and I I uh, learned recently that like sometimes even uh women themselves in those roles could end up um, becoming or performing those roles exactly like their male counterparts because of the pressure of not uh, feeling like they are, um, you know, filling that, that, uh, that roles, like that gender roles uh, gap. Like, um, I think it was one of the CFOs or one of the bigger positions at Facebook, she had, like, yelled at one of her co-workers and everything for doing something wrong. And it, it is kind of out of character for... to kind of hear that, you know, usually we hear, like, a uh, uh, typically, like, male uh, worker, like, uh, be more aggressive and, uh, you know, do all of this, like, extra stuff to... Uh, put fear into their uh sub you know the workers and now it's kind of like women doing the same thing performatively in some of these cases and it's kind of weird. Um not to say that women shouldn't have feelings or ways of like going about how they want to manage, but I feel like um if we want to break the systems of patriarchy and you're doing it from the inside and not like uh protesting or whatever and you're trying to do it from the inside I think it would be nice to see those changes uh, gradually happen, like enact different policies within the company and different um, uh, expectations of how to treat people uh, apart from, you know, what the male counterparts would would expect, you know, like employing through fear, uh, which is typically what we would see from like the higher ups uh, at companies where they'd be like over your shoulder all the time, you know, like be like, Oh, are you actually working? Or like, Oh, where's this document? This, this, and that. Like extra aggressive attitudes about like running those spaces. But if we want those spaces to be safe for not only men, but for women too, it would be nice to see more women who are in those roles, who are trying to do it from the inside, enact policies or expectations that actually break down those, like, uh, break down those, those issues and also, uh, hold people accountable for acting that way. So if you see someone acting aggressive or acting, uh, sexist or purposely targeting a a group of coworkers, like those people are getting axed completely, not even like no pay, like, Oh, you're, you're off with no pay. Like you're axed. Like, No toleration of that shit, you know? Yeah. So.
2: Um, But that just depends on, like, just your, just you as a person, really. I mean, like, I think, like, like, niggas who hold positions of authority and use, like, fear and aggression to, like, control people probably also do that outside of work, too. mm
0: -hmm. And
2: same thing with, like, women who are, if they're, like, aggressive in the workplace, they're probably also aggressive outside the workplace, too, at my job the great crazy the two highest people that i work at my job they're married
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the the top person the executive director is um Mrs. white and then the person below her is her husband so she's above him but they're cool they're really cool but then there's like this other co-worker but i'm gonna get into the specifics but there's definitely different dynamics but i mean like despite being like um male female non-binary, however people identify, dickheads are still dickheads and are going to be dickheads because that's Mm -hmm. just who they are. So, I mean, hopefully we just have, like, proper screenings and making sure we're employing the right people despite whatever their gender identification is or their sex identification is. So, just to have a healthier work environment as a whole. Yeah. Um,
1: Excuse me while I freestyle for a little bit. But... um... I remember reading this book by bell hooks and she was basically saying like um, you can't have patriarchy without capitalism um, and you can't have patriarchy without white supremacy. You kind of have all those like systems put together because at the end of the day, it's, it's creating these social hierarchies, you know? And so um, the capitalist uh, social hierarchy is reinforced by patriarchy and the racial social hierarchies that we experience in America are also reinforced by patriarchy. Um, and so as long again, as long as there are these social hierarchies, whoever's at the bottom of it is going to get the shit in of the stick. And so you see men, um, who are at the top of, you know, if you're a white cis male at the sitting at the top of this patriarchal system, and this racial system and the capitalist system, like if you're in the middle class and everything, then you come home and you you flex this power that you have in your home over your wife. And then your wife will in turn take that power that she has, the, wh- whatever little power she does have, and then turn that and use that with her children. And so um, you get like it, women by and large do tend to um you know have like toxic relationships with their ch- with their kids. Um and it's honestly it, it all comes back from like the patriarchal system that we like kind of sit in that we're currently living in. Um, yeah, this is my little freestyle moment.
3: It's definitely a cycle. I like yeah. uh, I I I don't wanna say uh that um we um, are not coming from a biased place because obviously we're male. Um, we in some ways do benefit from from the patriarchal system. We we do. It, it's just a fact. We get paid more than women. That's a fact. Um, we we probably have better chances of getting employed. That is a fact. Um, but but one of the one of the things uh that we are saying uh in terms of where we don't benefit is. What Lorenzo was saying is that we are not all white. You know, all three of us aren't white. We, we have issues with the racial um, side of what the patriarchal system was built on. It was typically built on white, wealthy, uh, heterosexual men. Um, so if you are none of those things, you lose out on so much within this system. Um, pretty much where where we benefit and where it stops is that we are male. that that's where our benefits stop um, in terms of this system. So we we lose so much, uh, because of what we lack and in both what we look at like and where we come from, um, within this system. Um, and women very much lose out too. We, we agree with all those points. We're not trying to discount and say that, uh, you know, men have it harder or women have it harder. Everybody loses. Everybody loses in this system. And yeah. and one thing that we want to highlight is that uh, we want to uh, make sure that if we want to build past this, we can't let other people like Andrew Tates, uh, the, the Red Pill folks we can't let them influence the next generation of kids especially young boys that that's the stress the young boys who come out from this generation they need to be the most educated because besides women also taking roles and trying to break down the patriarchy men also have to walk side by side with women in that in that front we can't be divided on that like that that is stupid we, we have to all be together on the same page. So that, that's what we're speaking here, man. We, we, we got to speak into the young generation. Um, there's only few and few people in our generation who, who are thinking like this and who are, who are on the same page. But they're also important too. Those young kids need to be educated in the right way. So I, that's where my thoughts are left at right now but let me know if you two have anything else left to say to the people before we close out. Oh, these are closing statements. Yeah.
2: I rest, I rest my case, your honor. You already got on my shit on camera, so I can't lose.
0: Really speak.
2: <laughs> I, have
0: I plead a beat.
2: I please.
1: Nah, yeah. no, Fade pretty much summed it up perfectly. Like, while um while us as men as black men do not sit at the top of the patriarchal totem pole um we still do have power and i've noticed that a lot of like uh, a lot of the red pill shit it does target like black men who value their masculinity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um and that's the symptom of today's patriarchy where where black men do not um like receive the uh the economic of like equivalence or the economic benefits of patriarchy um is because we get a masculine uh, demasculated every day when it comes to work being a working class black man like we're mm. we are constantly emasculated by our workplace um mm. and when we do try to reclaim our masculinity we are characterized as being aggressive being violent um mm. being a threat like shout out hillary clinton with the shoot super predators you know um and so I think it's important to, um, allow, well, as men, we need to let our, our, our brothers, our men, we need to let our friends, um, speak up and speak to us. And we need to be able to have a safe environment for our friends to be able to be comfortable expressing themselves with one another. Um, so, you know, no, like can't do that. Oh, I love you, bro. What are you gay? Like, you can't do that because your niggas telling you you love them, like you, you never hear that shit and I think that's that's very important and we don't get that a lot today we don't and so yeah that's my closing statement love your brothers you know check on your check on your big homie check on your funny friend I'm doing alright but everybody else you know like check, check on them
3: yeah and uh I think that's gonna close it out for us for this episode a lot of good topics um Very much love to everybody who pulled through and being patient with us. Thank you. Like, we went on hiatus for, like, two weeks. Two full weeks. And then y'all pulled up. It shows us uh, that you guys care. And we love y'all. You know, without y'all, you know, I'd just be speaking into this little mic over here with the homies. But, you know, that...
1: Running around playing Minecraft or something. Playing Minecraft or something.
3: Just like the old days. (laughs) Um... But you know we're gonna close it out, do our signature, and then we're gonna let y'all have y'all Saturday night, you know. <laughs>